What's up, everybody? What's going on? It's Jordan. It's Demi. It's real with Jordan and Demi. It's been a while, Demi. How you doing? I'm doing good today. We've got a UKer. Yeah, we. Uh, Demi loves the British boys. Let's <laughs> call it like it is. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I'm <laughs> already. So, Demi, uh, we had a little break here. I went to Missouri, and you went to Greece. So we both had exotic getaways. I hope you had a good time. You're back in the States, now back in New York. You ready to get started here? Let's go. All right, so tonight's guest is a DJ and producer whose hit singles include Sorry and Head and Heart and Lonely. He's also remixed artists like Ed Sheeran, Megan Thee Stallion, and Katy Perry. His new single, Out Out, with Jax Jones featuring Charlie XCX and Saweetie is out now. Please welcome Joel Corey. Yo. What is going on, man? All good. I'm um I'm on tour right now in the US. I'm in San Francisco right now, and yeah, oh, just have beautiful happy city, beautiful city oh, to be in. It's lovely. Like I've just got to the hotel, but we had a little drive through the city, and I was like, oh, it's, it's beautiful. And I've just come from LA as well, which was was really fun. But yeah, anyway, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to speak to you both. Absolutely. East Coast or the West Coast? If you had to vote for one. Ooh. I'll tell you at the end of our tour. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm the, I'm so, um, just so you guys heads up, uh, Joel is playing uh, in New York here on October 2nd, I believe. So yeah. if you're in the New York area, get tickets for that. See, I just gave you some oh. free promo right there. Free promo oh, right yeah. there. Thanks, so, guys. Yeah, I can't, can't wait for that show. That's going to be so good. So first things first, let's talk about this new single, Out Out. It's up to nearly 40 million streams on Spotify, doing really well. Uh, you have some great people on this track. Um, it's Charlie XCX and Sweetie, and uh, you did this. Uh, so tell us about how this came together. Who called who? How did this track, you know, get pieced together? Okay, so um, Out Out samples a classic record by Strome called Allures on Dance that came out about 10 years ago. And I used to play this uh, track a lot in my DJ sets, the originals in French. Um, and it was a it was a big tune in the club sets back in the day and I loved it. And I had the idea of sampling it. And um, I started like the idea a few years ago actually. And I got the sample cleared and I kind of had it on the back burner. Um, and then I went on tour of Jax Jones just before lockdown happened and we struck up a really good friendship. And we said, you know, we should do a collaboration together. And then we just kept talking during lockdown and um, I sent him the idea I was working on with the Stromo sample, which was out, out, and he loved the original too. So we're like, okay, this is the idea that we need to collaborate on. And, and we jumped in the studio together um, and started working on it. And, you know, we got into writing sessions and started developing the top line and our, both of us, our top pick would have been Charlie XCX to do that vocal. And luckily she's on the same record label was me so that helps of, that helps it helps a few a few calls from the big bosses yeah yeah <laughs> um, hooked us up and charlie was up for it and you know um it was great work with charlie as well such a pro uh when we needed some new stuff she was straight in the studio to to cut some new bits for us so yeah she smashed it then the icing on the cake literally sweetie jumped on and smashed the verse obviously she's up she's on fire right now so so happy that she jumped on it as well and um the song's called out out and you know it's a party track it's a fun track and we wanted to bring it out when everyone could get back out in the clubs again and let loose on the dance floor so the timing felt perfect as well well it's a banger it, this thing is an anthem it's and you're right about charlie's vocals i mean this is a classic charlie xcx uh vocals so congrats on, on the success on that one 
Thank you so much. I mean, we love a British accent over here. I was wondering, what do you guys think about American accents? Oh, I love them, man. I absolutely love them. Yeah, it's like when when I get to America, and um, I, I've been over to America quite a few times. I've got family that live here. And yeah, I do always just have like the best vibe here, and you guys are so friendly, and I always feel so welcomed. There always seems to be like such a positive vibe when I'm here. Um, and yeah, one day you never know, I might move out here too. <laughs> you like the you like the southern accent? You like that that southern that southern sound? <laughs> that country like, sound? I like yeah, I do. I like them all to be honest. Like I haven't got any favorites if I'm honest with you. It's just it's so nice. It's so nice to like just get here and 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 as I said, catch a vibe. But yeah, again, I might let you know at the end of the tour actually what's my favorite accent. Oh yeah, I guess you'll get to hear you'll get to hear them all. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Joel, you started. You know, you rose to fame uh, on the the Geordie Shore, the the UK version of the Jersey Shore, and I'm curious. You know, when when you're on a reality show, the next step is what do you do with that fame? What's the next part in your career? And obviously you went into music. Um, what was the plan like? How did you parlay your your exposure on television into this DJ career? Um, well, actually, like I actually been DJing since I was like 14. It's kind of been my life's passion. I, I started uh, you know, I got my first pair of decks of Christmas when, as I said, when I was 14 and, you know, I've, I've been a resident club DJ um, my whole life, basically. And always, my dream was always to, you know, have hit singles and tour the world and play all the festival stages. That was always, always my dream. Um, and, you know, like doing the Geordie Shaw thing, I had, I've got the best memories from that period of my life. I'm so grateful that I was able to have that experience and, you know, um, being on the show definitely at, that point in my life helped me you know start gigging all around the UK because I, as I said I was a, a resident club DJ before then and I kind of was just playing my local area and in London and then once I kind of went on that show I started to be able to um you know travel around the UK and, and play gigs in Europe and then but obviously my, my my biggest dream was always to you know get get a hit single and and start touring the world and and you know it took me over 10 years until until it happened but you know i'm so thankful that it finally did and and since then i've just been working hard and trying to keep these bangers coming for you guys <laughs> yeah well you you keep them coming and so so i guess it was just fortunate that you had this skill and this passion of djing and making music that you were able to kind of like use your exposure to kind of boost that so it, it kind of worked everything worked out well for you yeah and and you know um I was, I was sort of, as I said, I was a resident club DJ for so many years. And then going on the show, obviously there's exposure and stuff. And it meant that, you know, clubs from all over the country started booking me as like guest slots rather than me sort of being a resident DJ where I was playing like from the opening to the very end, like six out, you know, not, you know how it is yeah. as a resident DJ. So it kind of went from that into then doing like guest slots. Like I was the guest DJ of the night. So kind of stepped up that way. And then obviously things, I, I always had my like dream of, you know getting them like getting the music right and hopefully getting a hit single way and then that, that obviously changed everything once i finally got had a hit single <laughs> i always wondered what it's like to be a dj it's kind of your job to keep the party going to get it started to play the right music how crazy is it or what kind of dj are you are you a party type or are you the sober type um honestly it's the best job in the world like i, I don't even i don't even count it as a job like it's my hobby <laughs> um i'm so lucky to do what i do and and um yeah i mean i, I love a party of course <laughs> but it's kind <laughs> of um it, it you know what it is though when you're when you're touring is like 
I'm the sort of DJ that I, if I could DJ eight nights a week, I could, I would. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to DJ every single night. So um, I, I'm, you know, have always touring, heavily touring. And I kind of over the years um, understand where the balance is because, you know, at, the most important thing for me is like my performance always has to be 100%. I, I never want to turn up to a venue and not f- feel it. I always want to be on point. So it depends. Like if I've got an early flight the next day, I probably won't be getting like absolutely, you know, on a mad one the night before i'll probably keep it a bit you know a bit tamer just so like if i've got travel (laughs) i can can make i can make the flight but um if i've got like for example i'm playing in in vegas uh tomorrow night and then i've got two days off in vegas so it's like okay maybe two days off in vegas uh oh yeah Uh so then maybe i'm like you know what i don't have the travel the next day you know there might be an after party so it's kind of just having that balance of like staying professional but obviously still enjoying yourself as well you know, one of the first guests we had on the show um, is a DJ Alexander who hosts uh, Daylife Radio on oh, yeah. Sirius XM Show. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's your free promo, Alex, right there. We went to college together, actually. Oh, um, and he, when we we had him on, had him on the show, he talked about how DJs take care of themselves. Touring DJs take care of themselves way more than what people think. Do you have a really, especially because you're a fitness guy? Do you have a really strict regimen in terms of what you put in your body and when you put it, when you put it in that, that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, fitness is a, a huge part of my life. It's, it's sort of been my passion as well as my music, um, from my whole life really. So w- when I'm touring, you know, I make sure I still get my workouts in, uh, you know, if it's finding a local gym to the city that I'm playing in or, or whatever, I just, I'll make sure that I always make that a priority to, to keep, keep my workouts going to stay fit and healthy and, diet's really important um so always just trying to find like healthy clean food to eat rather than just like whatever at the airport because that catches up with you after a while um but yeah it's just it's just like for me it's always a priority to make sure you know i get in the gym and and keep my diet on point because at the end of the day when you're touring like this intensively you you need to feel fresh and you know if you start eating the wrong things or whatever you can you know you don't want you don't want to go down that road (laughs) yeah Totally, totally. And I see you're in this like pretty nice hotel room. When you come back to hotel room, you know, it's one, two in the morning, you're hungry, you have to do room service. What do you go to? Do you go to something healthy? Or are you like burger and fries? Um, it depends if, I'd, if I've had a drink or not. <laughs> fair, fair. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> no, I always, I always try and make, always try and take the healthy option if it's available, but yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you need to get a Mackie D's, bro. It's the only way, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. How do you call it Mackie D's? <laughs> Is that what? Oh, oh yeah, it's quite a British term, isn't it? Mackie yeah. D's. Yeah, we say Mickey D's here in, in the States. And it's Mickey Mackie D's. D's. Mickey D's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try and use that one. <laughs> Mickey D's. I, uh, you know, sound is like pretty. What's up, Jordan? No, you go ahead, Demi. Now, I was going to ask because everyone says you're heavily influenced by UK Garage, but I don't. What does that sound like, UK Garage? Yeah, what, what do you draw like? from UK Garage? Yeah, that, like the yeah. underground UK, like electronic scene. Is that what people mean when they say that about you? Well, um, it goes back to like, you know, when I was started DJ when I was a teenager um, mm. in, in London, in the UK, like UK Garage at that time was the biggest genre of music for me like growing up that's the sort of scene that I got into and they were the DJs that I was following and it was um you know it was a proper sort of era um, of music in the UK so that's where my roots are in garage music um you know for years I, I played I played garage and um you know the first gigs I ever done were like 
garage raves and that sort of thing. Um, and I guess, you know, of course I'm influenced by it because that's where my roots are. Um, but one, one, my, my single sorry, which was my first sort of breakthrough record is a, is a cover of a classic garage track called I'm sorry. Um, and that was like one of the first vinyls I ever brought when I was a kid. And, um, you know, it was a, a special song for me um, and always was a staple of my DJ sets as a teenager. So I, I, my version of it obviously became, you know, UK top 10 in 2019 was my first hit record. So, um, yeah, it's, it's and yeah, I guess that's a you can see the influence just by me covering that record. One of your other big hits was Bed, the track you do with David Guetta and Ray. Um, what was it like working with David Guetta? with his track record, was it intimidating at all? Like, or, or were you able to kind of exchange ideas like you were buddies? Yeah, honestly, like, I, I still surreal to me that like, I've got a tune David Guerra out because I used to, I've been playing his record since I was 16, do you know what I mean? So yeah. if, you, if you told me back then, I would one day have a record of him, I'd have been like, you're crazy, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the best things to come from it has been like the friendship I've got with David now. Um, we speak all the time. I went for dinner at his place in Ibiza this summer, which was absolutely amazing. He was in London the other day, actually, and we we, we sort of met up for a, for a chat and stuff. And we're working on new music together as well, which I'm really excited about. We might have something coming next year. So, um, oh, wow. but anyway, back, back to your question, like, it was it was an amazing process and uh you know the first time i spoke to him he, he called me on facetime i'll sit next to my mate and i was like david Getter is facetiming right now did, it, did his name come across the thing like yeah get us calling goes, you yeah he goes shut up i was like mate he's calling me right now <laughs> and um yeah so it, it was um it was yeah i'm so grateful to work with him and as i said he's become a really good friend of mine and, and i love working with him like we had a studio session in london where we was working on some new music and we stayed there late and it was just so cool to be in there with him, seeing him in action, doing his thing and sort of going back and forth together. So yeah, big up David, man. <laughs> kind of going off of that, are there DJs you enjoy watching spin or produce just because you like to see how they do it? Do you, do you pay attention to that kind of thing? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You know, if, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a raver. I love, I love going out raving and, and seeing some of my favorite DJs. Um, Obviously, we've had a, a bit of time off now, uh, but we're, we're, we're back out there now. So I'm looking forward to to seeing some of my favorites again at some festivals, hopefully, that I might be playing on the same lineups too as well now, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, like I, I, I get loads of influence from from seeing other DJs, you know, and there, you know, other DJs that are playing like the new music and stuff and the hottest new stuff. You can always get influence from that and sort of like keep your ear to the ground. And production wise, I mean, there's, there's so many I could talk about, but I mean, David's one of them. He's the amount of hit records he's had over his life lifetime and sort of. And also relevant. the variety of kinds of songs he's had hits with different genres and different feels and stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What's it's your, amazing. What's your, where's your favorite spot to look for samples or new music or beats or something? Where do you, are you a crate digger? Do you look for, do you have an LP collection or how do you go about looking for new new things to to work with? Well, um, if it's like sort of new music for my DJ sets, I I sit on Beatport for like hours and hours and hours, man. Um, even like when I was coming out here to prep for my my US tour, like I I'm so passionate about my my DJ sets, so I'll sit there crate digging for hours and hours, man. Um, and 
And I think that's the way that you kind of like can really bring like freshness to your sets is if you actually spend the time really searching for the newest music. And, and you can tell when a DJ, when you go and see a DJ, like if they've really spent that time crate digging. And I mean, it's it's great now because you can do it online. But I remember back in the day when none of this stuff was around, they used to have to go to the record shop and do it, which was obviously a cool experience. Um, but yeah. And now we've got online, so it's much easier. <laughs> Speaking of the record store, I actually did, I took a DJ lesson recently. Oh, yeah? And How'd that go? How'd it go, Jimmy? Okay, so I went in and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be super easy. I'm just going <laughs> to click some buttons. I'm going to be like this, and it's going to be great. And I kid you not, the guy took out a, a crate of vinyl and was like, so we're going to start, you're, you're, you have to learn how to do this vinyl. And I was like, so you mean I have to put the CD thing, the thing <laughs> on the thing, and then when I want to change another song, I have to take it off and put the other thing on the thing, and then it was just crazy. So DJing is actually so much harder than you think. Did yeah. you, and you start out with vinyl, no? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a great point, and and people don't realize like if you like learning to DJ on vinyl is much trickier yeah. than than learning on just on USBs or CDJs, you know, because now you've got like the screen that literally tells you what the BPM is of the record. You just have to match it up. But when I started, I'm grateful that I had that sort of that when I was when I was brought up in an era where you kind of had to learn on actual vinyl and you had to learn how to beat match without no guidance. It was just literally from the ear. But that is um yeah, that I'm I'm grateful that I had that because they that was special times. Obviously now it's it is much easier turning up with the club with your USB, but I'm I'm glad that I went through that experience. Do you think that you're a better club DJ when you're doing the sets without full turntables? Do you think that you that your experience with vinyl helps you at all? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Like um I just I, I think as well like as I said, going back to like learning on vinyl, there there was no like guidance from how to mix. You had to literally just use your ear. And I did that for so many years that I think that is like something that, you know, it takes so much practice, but it's like riding a bike. Once you got it, you got it. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely like helped me as a DJ because it makes you better technically for sure. Yeah, I, I was curious. Um, you know, you, you, you have all these hit singles out. You mentioned... Um, you mentioned sorry, and, and we talked about at the top of the show. We talked about you know that uh, out out is uh, is close to forty million streams this, this afternoon when I looked. How much do you pay attention to the streams and to the YouTube views, that kind of stuff, versus just like sitting back and you know letting it take its course? I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm pretty across it to be honest. Um, like people say, oh, it's not important, but everyone is always checking, I think. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I think obviously like, you know, as well, you want your records to be successful. Um, and it's not just you involved, remember, you know, you've got a whole, you know, the record label and management and there's a lot of people like involved in, in a release. So you want, you want the record to do well because then everyone does well. <laughs> um, and also kind of, you know, but the, the, it is my, the most important thing though, and the most satisfying thing is that watching people like connect with the records for sure, like on the dance floor and getting the messages on, you know, social media with people saying, you know, I love your music. You know, I went, you know, heard it on the radio today, turned it up and it made me feel good inside. For sure, that's the most satisfying thing. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. Of course, like you want to see 
your streams popping off as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that. Kind of going off of that, you know, you you besides your own original music and 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 collaborations you've done, you've also done a ton of remixes for some really big artists. We mentioned those, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Ed Sheeran, Katy Perry. When you're when you're about ready to do a remix for somebody, especially someone big, you have kind of two things you have to think about in in my head. First is something that will make people dance. Like the whole reason you're making a remix is you're making a dance track for this song that wasn't a dance song to begin with. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you want to make it sound original, sound fresh, sounds kind of unexpected, you know, put this, this bass thing here, this, this beat thing here. So how do you balance that when you're making a remix, like the, staying original, but also making sure that, you know, people want to dance to it. Yeah, like so. When, when I when I do a remix, I'm always thinking of like how could this work in my sets, um, and that's how I sort of attack it really. Um, and I, I kind of I guess I've got a formula in place now where I know I know what can work and what can't work, and and it's as you said, it's just bringing like something fresh, fresh to it that I know that other DJs are gonna play as well, and and. Yeah, sometimes I like to take my remixes a bit more clubby um, and then sometimes like lean towards more of like a commercial sort of radio crossover uh, side. So, yeah, but, I, you know, I love doing remixes. And like you said, the the list of names that you said there is, is quite amazing. And uh, Ed Sheeran was one of them that I recently did the Bad Habits remix. And uh, he even sent me a message on Instagram to say thanks for doing it which was absolutely mental because I was like yeah I got the M from Ed Sheeran um I'm like the biggest Ed Sheeran fanboy by the way you are Ed Sheeran so so you you're obviously known for your electronic music but you like do you like more acoustic laid back stuff too oh well obviously you know I'm a dance music head that's that's what I do but sometimes need a little break from it so yeah if I'm uh if I've got a long drive ahead of me I've got my Ed Sheeran album full blast, singing along to every word. Windows up though, you don't want to hear these vocals. <laughs> I feel like you imagine people will imagine DJs just playing electronic music 24-7. Well, I basically do to be honest, but if I yeah, it, like if I get a chance to like have listen to something different in the car, I probably would because you know, if if I'm in the studio or at the club or you know, it's it is non-stop, but I love it. But yeah, sometimes you need a little break from it. <laughs> What kind of studio guy are you? Can you go into a studio and lose track of time and all of a sudden it's yeah. the next day? Or yeah. are you like looking at the clock? Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be out here at eight o'clock. I need to eat dinner. Definitely not, man. Like, honestly, it becomes a blur sometimes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, you, you have to get lost in it. You have to. Once you jump into that sort of process, like you can't be clock watching because sometimes things take ages to click. You could be in, you could be in a session for like eight hours and nothing really be coming from it. And then in the last half an hour, it all falls into place. It's, it's mad how it happens sometimes. Like it's always, yeah, I think anyone that's clock watching in a, in a studio session probably shouldn't be in there. <laughs> we talked about basics, but what other skills do you think DJs need in order to be successful and get to like your level? Um, do you know what? Like if you're pursuing the sort of artist route, there's so much more to it outside of, music that probably people don't really get and it's sort of like building a brand um that's so difficult there's oh god it's like the music one side and then it's like as i said like having that brand and and i spent years sort of 
promoting myself as a DJ and non-stop promoting myself and hustling and trying to get my name out there. And that stuff is, is, is the hardest part of it, in my opinion. Um, it's constant as well. So whether you're doing like, um, you know, non-stop promo or the touring, um, and yeah, just being, being able to like connect, like put yourself out there and people connect with you. Um, it's, it's difficult, man. Obviously today as well, there's so many like social media platforms and all that sort of stuff that you've kind of got to be across. Um, so yeah, like you kind of just got to try and, I guess, bring like the full package if you want to if mm -hmm. put it like that um, and tickle, and tickle these sort of boxes, if you like. Do you enjoy the social media aspect of it? Um, yeah, there's good points and bad points about it. Obviously, great point about it is that you can um, connect to people around the world instantly, which is absolutely amazing, you know. Um, and, and and people can follow you from around the world. Like back when I started DJ, and I, I was literally like bringing my CDs to nightclubs and giving them out to people on the dance floor after my set. And now I can just put something up online and someone from the other side of the world can hear it instantly, which is amazing. Um, so it's de there's definitely so many great things about it. And, you know, there's so many ways you can uh, put your name out there. Like, like we we're just talking about building a brand. Like it's, it's there's so many options now where you can like, as I said, put yourself out there. Um, and also like when you do gigs and stuff, I love the fact that people can like, you know, Snapchat or Instagram story part of your gig. And then you can like reshare it the next day and kind of, keep that sort of you know people couldn't then can see what how the gig was going it's, it's it's that's really cool obviously the bad side of it is there is like um i think sometimes too much social media uh can take over your life a little bit so you've got to kind of have that balance of when to you know put your phone down and and get off it and stop scrolling <laughs> yeah kind of going off of that how do you how nervous do you get when you're dropping a track how how much how anxious do you get about the reception it's going to get on social media or on you know like do you when you drop a track you're like oh, I wonder how people will like it or they won't like it do you do you do you enjoy those release days or do they give you more anxiety? No, not at all. I love it. I think um, you know you being able to sort of uh, gauge a response. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird one because it's like I I probably wouldn't gauge a response of new music from social media because I feel like new music has to kind of get out there for people to settle in. Settle in. Right. I mean, I, I do gauge it on the response of a dance floor, though, like uh, a dance floor is a great tool to test out new music and then see what can be tweaked and et cetera, et cetera. And Joel, that, that's such a great thing to bring up because that's one thing that hasn't changed since the 70s, 60s, is that the way to test the power of a song is how do people react to it when you play it in front of a crowd? And that could have applied 50 years ago and it applies now. So that's kind of one cool thing that has kind of been continuous throughout uh, electronic music and, 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 you know, DJ life throughout the years. And, and it's cool. Yeah. That, that still counts for something. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, it's for me, that's what, that is how I test my music. And it was weird in the pandemic actually, because I, I, I released, head and heart and bed without ever playing into a dance floor which was like so alien to me and that I, was I mean, such a giant hit too without any club clubs open to play the song in the clubs i nearly didn't release it because i was like i was like this coronavirus thing is gonna blow over it'll be sweet you know once it's over i'll just i'll put it out then but i mean well thank god i did put it out <laughs> yeah um but yeah i nearly didn't because i was like in my mind, I was like, how can I release 
a song without playing it in a nightclub. Like that was crazy for me to like put a song out there without actually playing it in a club. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad I did. Yeah. Everyone probably, you know, it's like Joel, the DJ, TV personality producer, super shiny, uh, hit records. Who is Joel without all that stuff? What do you do minus the music? What are your hobbies minus the music? Um, that's a good question. Do you know what? I, I, I am quite, to be honest, I'm a bit of a workaholic, if you like. And I think outside of my work, I have such a small circle, if I'm honest with you. Um, I'm in love with what I do so much. And it is definitely a 24-7 thing for me. Um, I think to sort of get to where I want to get to, you have to be like that. It's like full, full-on commitment. So I don't really, I don't, I don't really have anything else going on outside of what I do. If I'm honest with you, I mean, I'm into my fitness stuff. Um, that's a big passion of mine. So I like, I like to keep, my, you know, my training going and 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 that side. But I think that that goes hand in hand though with my work because it kind of keeps me ticking and keeps me, you know, if I feel good, I can I can work better. But if I'm honest with you, like I know it sounds pretty sad, but outside of my work, I haven't got time to do anything else because it it takes. You know, every minute of the day, I feel like I'm working. <laughs> it's kind of going off that you 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 mentioned your uh your your fitness. You you don't just work out a lot. You've actually done some bodybuilding. You've you've posed and and for your fitness magazine stuff. I mean, look at that <laughs> is first of all, Joel. That is a very artistic photo. Uh, yeah, I, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? So, um, how did you go from you know? Because anybody can go to the gym, get a get a nice set of abs. But how did you go from you know just a guy goes to the gym to a guy who's getting photographs taken, you know, looking like Arnold in the seventies or something? Well, the fitness thing was a hobby of mine since I was like uh, since I was fourteen. Uh, you know, I started that when I sort of started the DJing as well, and. You know, I did it through my teenage years and I got to my early 20s and I was like, I want to see how far I can take this. You know, like if I really push myself, like how good can I be? And I kind of just had this like fire burning inside me of like, you know, one of the obviously I did the competitions and I won quite a few of them. And I just had this thing inside me that I wanted to achieve, like a box that I wanted to tick. And I wanted to see how far I could push, push the training. Um, and yeah, like it's it's so much dedication and commitment um to do those competitions and to sort of get into that sort of condition it was the hardest thing i've ever done it was gru like grueling man the diet and the training but i think that it benefited me so much for later in life to have gone through that um sort of commitment and dedication the discipline I mean, you have to have to the, stay in the, shape for those the, yeah the discipline man it was like the focus and the discipline to to sort of win those competitions i don't think anything it was harder than doing that. So now I feel like it's made me so mentally strong. And if I've if I've got a goal in mind, I can commit to it. And and I'll, I'm the sort of person I'll do whatever it takes to to, to achieve that goal. I'm not, I'm a bit like that. Like I can't let it go. So and I think some of that goes back to those competitions where like I just had this thing in my mind of like that was had to win this competition. So train, eat, sleep, repeat. You know, like I had to get there. So I think it's benefited me in all aspects of my life. Yeah, when I when I look at the picture, I I can smell the self tanner, like the tan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Secrets that like maybe your average person or your average online blog would know would not know about 
how to get that fit? Like, is there any secrets that you know you can pass along to us? Tell us how how do you get from from you know, oh. flab to fab in two weeks? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, obviously, like it that the the diet is a massive part of it. To be honest with you, yeah. Let like, me ask uh, you this, Joel. The hardest, how do you fit? How do you feel about the the intermittent fasting trend? I've never done it. You know, I've never done it. I've always um, been like just having a balanced, um, you know, healthy meal plan has always been been right. right. I've never tried like the fasting sort of thing. Like, so I can't really say if I think it's good or not. I know it works for some people. Um, I've got friends that do it and and really, you know, um, you know, make a lot of noise about it. But what I would say is like the best diet is the diet you can stick to. So if you find something that works for you then then that's what you should stick to everyone's different um but for me it's just always been having like a balanced meal plan of um getting my protein in around around the clock and and um you know having my you know as a eating healthy and 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 obviously keeping my cardio up and that sort of thing has always helped me kind of stay in shape yeah get get that get that v get that v going yeah <laughs> You'll get that. You'll get you. I'm sure, I'm sure you've got a good six pack, mate. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, Joel. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, now, Joel, you have, uh, you mentioned you're on this tour. You have DJed in some beautiful locations. You did this set in Dubai earlier this year. Oh my goodness gracious. Tell us about what it's like, how you're able to concentrate. Cause you've got a job to do. You've got this music to play. You've got this, this set to put together and how do you, can you concentrate when you've got this ridiculous, amazing, you know, scenery around you? Oh, no, for me, it helps me. Um, you know, if you, if you play, you know, somewhere as beautiful as that, you sort of catch a vibe as well. Um, it's like this summer I had residency in Ibiza and my, my set was always a sunset set. And I mean, Oh my goodness. There's, there's nothing more magical than playing the sunset in Ibiza, you know, like, um, so the you know that sort of thing helps me but i'm also a big fan of like playing in a dark sweaty nightclub that's where i can really get my teeth into a bit of a a tougher harder set so yeah, yeah. I, I i'm i'm yeah i i mean but yeah like that that dubai set was was great and that was actually during during the pandemic as a live stream actually um so i wanted to do a live stream that had like a bit of a visual element to it so when a bit of a visual like... element just, just a bit just a bit <laughs> yeah now, Let's go a little bit more in depth about your preferences as a DJ. We have this little rapid fire game we play with our guests to kind of learn more about them. So let's do that right now. Let's play What's Your Deal. All right. It's What's Your Deal with Joel Corey. We'll learn more about him. And let's start off with, let's talk about Joel Corey, the DJ, when you're doing your set. Okay. So first of all, first of all, here we go. Uh, what do you do right before a big DJ set? Like, what's the last thing you do before you go in front of the people? Probably check I've got my USBs in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Check, check I've got my headphones and USBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Never before I, I left them in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Understandable. Okay, next question. What's the biggest set you've ever played? Like in terms of people, do you do you remember? Oh, biggest set. Um, it's probably um, some of the festivals I played uh, in the UK this summer. Um, I, can't, I haven't really played like the massive festivals just yet because the sort of pandemic held That's it true. back a little bit for me, I think. So I haven't really had like a huge, ridiculous, like 
Tomorrowland sort of crowd before. Um, yeah. But for me, like probably playing in Ibiza in my, my first residency this summer was, was yeah. a big thing for me because I've my dream has always been to play in Ibiza. So, so yeah, like that my Ibiza residency this summer and chilling out with uh, David Guetta at his at his spot, you know, eating eating uh, sandwiches and watching the sunset. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you ate. A, I'm like you made. I'm I'm sure you ate a sandwich with him at some point. Okay, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next question: What's the weirdest set you played? Anything strange? Any any weird? places yeah. you've you've spun oh god so many over the years you know like i used to actually when i first started djing um i was I had a mobile disco company so i used to do like weddings and like people's birthdays so you and, started at the bottom you started at like the straight up like weddings mitzvahs that kind of stuff yeah i did it for years man when i was like 16 17 i had my own little my mom you know the lighting and the smoke machine and the decks i used to yeah do lasers yes yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely played some some strange gigs over the years let me tell you man <laughs> um it would have to go back to probably uh some of those weddings man they were <laughs> they were tough gigs you know like yeah i was probably more probably more nervous playing to a wedding than playing to a festival with ten thousand people because you know people don't go to a wedding to dance you've got to try and make them dance <laughs> yeah you gotta like invite the group the, the bride and groom up you have to like you oh, know do the different host yeah, oh it and yeah tough <laughs> and they can and they and if you're playing a big festival or a big club it's not like people can just walk up to you and talk to you you're at a wedding any you know uncle uncle bill uncle jim can oh. just walk up to you and be like hey <laughs> and someone's like yeah someone's like oh can you play some music that i can dance to and you're like mm -hmm what like <laughs> you always get that one person that just nags you the whole set <laughs> right 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 and next question uh do you prefer a big indoor club or more of an outdoor festival vibe if you had to choose between the two do you know what i think i'd probably say i actually love love club sets the most just because i feel like a you know like a big dark room i can really um take take a crowd on a proper journey especially if i've got an extended set like if i'm playing for three hours or something because festival sets normally quite short um because mm -hmm. they've got like so many djs on the lineup you get like an hour an hour and a half but sure. in a club club set sometimes you can you know you can play three four hours and that's when you can really like get like hit that groove yeah 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 man so yeah that's what that's my preference so i just like basically i want to dj as long as possible so <laughs> yeah put me in a club and they can't take me off then <laughs> right 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 next question how much effort goes into your look for a dj set you have some you know you have some great shirts you always have like a super dope shirt on so how much effort goes into that yeah i do i do love my shirts to be honest yeah yeah i, I like to have a little look online and order order the most sort of like standout um i've got a few i've got a few funny ones but they're right in ibiza but sometimes you get a few funny looks when you, <laughs> yeah. when you wear them other places <laughs> true 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 yeah um and what do you ear drink right after set and i ask this because i know that you're your fitness guy you care about nutrition and yeah. i'm sure a, a set takes a lot of energy out of you so what do you do to refuel uh what do i I kind of like nothing in particular. Um, as I, like I mentioned before, maybe if I, we've had a bit of a big night, you know, sort of the uh, the guard goes down a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it might it might have to hit. What do you call it, Mickey D's? <laughs> yeah, Mickey D's. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but if if not, to be to be honest, though, like I don't normally eat after a set because um, I'm normally playing quite late, so I'll probably get back to the hotel room by like three, four in the morning. 
probably by that point you're just off the bed because you've got to get up early so yeah. yeah probably i probably don't even eat that much after i normally like before i dj so i've got some energy to uh if i'm staying on there for three four hours you need to you need to yeah. need some carbs for that <laughs> and you gotta stay hydrated obviously yeah of course yeah <laughs> all right and finally uh where would you like to dj that you haven't yet Ooh, i'd have to say tomorrowland good answer good answer uh i was wondering if maybe you had like a list like a list of like i, I want to play this club back up you probably played on um, in terms of clubs you probably played just about everywhere you've wanted to play at least maybe in the uk um no i don't think so actually like obviously like i'd love to play you know the really iconic clubs uh, i mean actually to be fair i played yashwire this summer with david he he um i supported him for a few shows at yashwire and ibiza which was a dream come true for me um but there's so many clubs i want to tick off the list i feel like i haven't even dipped my toes in yet and you know hopefully if well, I you're, do, doing, uh, you're doing webster hall here in new york and yeah, i know that's that, not I, that's not technically a club but it's a really iconic venue for electronic music a lot of big names have come through that over the years Oh man, I'm so buzzing for that gig, and the response I've had from it has been probably the best on the tour so far. The New York gig, um, I know the tickets are there's not many left either, which is mind blowing for me to be able to sell tickets in in New York. Like I'm, yeah, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I can't believe people over here are paying to come and see me at the moment. It's crazy. Well, the hunger for shows like yours <laughs> is is really strong here right now, and, and Demi can back me up on that. Jordan, let's go to the show. Yeah, we should. We should. Let's yeah, guys, the- come please. Yeah. I'd I'd love you to be there. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Joel. We really appreciate you taking time out and uh, good luck on the rest of the tour. And hopefully we'll see you in New York in a couple of weeks. Oh, thanks guys. I loved it. And yeah, thanks for having me on and definitely come to the show if you can. It'd be, uh, I want to see you in the front row Raven. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Guys. All right, Nate, We'll you. see you later. We'll talk to you later. Nice one. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That was Joel Corey, his new single, out out is out now is available now uh and you can catch him on tour across the u.s right now demi that was fun i just i don't know man now i'm just i'm in the mood for mackie d's yeah well yeah. you're in the mood for any kind of uh you know unhealthy junk food most of the time so no, yeah. frosting only yeah only frosting frosting maybe frosting on top of a quarter pounder i wonder what that would taste like mm-hmm. all right guys so we are back on Tuesday. What do we got Tuesday, Demi? I, I can't even say it out loud because it's just, I'm a, I can't even say it out loud. Former President Barack Obama will be <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, we have Porsches coming on the show, you guys, and I couldn't be more excited. I've been a fan since actually I was like a kid. I've been such a big fan, and uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, so we got Porsches at 1 o'clock Eastern on tuesday and if you're listening to the podcast version uh it'll be the next episode so until then we'll see you later and thanks for watching